Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, the podcast. I'm your host, the HOD of the PSP. It's episode 64, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. Follow us on social media, site PSP on Twitter, page site pod on Instagram, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, of course, enable notifications to receive all the updates from these podcast episodes and other content on the channel as well. Kicking off with some news around up here, and we start from England, as Jurgen Klopp announced that Virgil van Dijk is very unlikely to play again the 2020-2021 season, of course, that happened in the um, press conference before the game against Brighton on Wednesday. He was asked if Virgil van Dijk will be included in the Reds' updated Premier League squad list when it is submitted later this week. He said, whatever happens, I think we have space for Virgil van Dijk on the Champions League list. I think he was on the Premier League list. Nobody told me I have to change something with that. If we have space in the Champions League list with Virgil, we'll be on it, said Jorgen Klopp. He said, at the moment, I don't know where where these are coming from. Nobody really, no doctor, nobody really told me that there's a chance for Virgil van Dijk to play in this season ever again. I don't want to say that absolutely impossibly, but it's not likely it's not likely we don't have to discuss these things um, really Florentino Perez tested positive for COVID-19 in Spain um, of course uh, that was announced yesterday the club said that the president showing no symptoms and will undergo the usual period of isolation that every COVID-19 patient goes through Liverpool versus Leipzig in the Champions League is threatened after the German government imposed a flight ban. Reportedly, the game is going to be under threat. The flight ban lasts until February 17th. The game is going to be taking place on February 16th. That is um, that is why. Um, on Friday, Chancellor Angela Merkel government announced many restrictions on entry from UK, Ireland, Brazil, Portugal and South Africa, of course. This is understandable in relation to the COVID-19 situation where the new strains have appeared um, uh, as of late. Liverpool are due to take place to, the, uh, to take their opponents and the Bundesliga opponents a day before that current ban, as I mentioned, February 16th, the game is, uh, the first leg of the round of 16 encounter. Now, according to the Liverpool Echo, this could mean that the fixture it could be switched to a neutral venue if Jurgen Klopp's side are not allowed to travel to the Red Bull Arena, which seems like going to be the situation. Also with, um, you know, uh, Borussia Dortmund, I think, and Sevilla, depending on what uh, what's going to happen. The, the report adds another alternative could be for the locations for the first and second leg to be reversed with Liverpool hosting Leipzig first before travelling to Germany for the return fixture to the 10 Masters could be an exception made depending on the situation. Julian Nagelsmann's man will be allowed to travel to and from Anfield because German passport holders and residents can travel to Germany given that they would be tested immediately on arrival. However, the solution would counter the second leg home advantage uh, the Reds have gained by topping uh, Group D. The reports also had Liverpool uh, yet to receive any official confirmation that the game will be switched, but this is not the first time this season that Europe that Liverpool have faced such difficulties. Borussia Dortmund were on standby to host the Reds' final group game against Midland as the travel ban was imposed as well on um, in, in Denmark. However, the game ended up being in place at home, of course, and Liverpool drawn 
one uh, all we will wait and see what's going to happen in that uh, as um, as well uh, Bartomeu said in a statement that only four or five people at Barca can access the contracts Jose Maria Bartomeu didn't want to get caught up in the leaking Lionel Messi contract to El Mundo the former Barcelona president still didn't appear publicly but defended himself for several messages on Sunday he spoke to uh, to Esport uh, Esport Tres and on Monday to Radio Canal Barcelona he said I had certain media insinuate that someone from the previous board or I leaked the contract he said it's completely false serious issue totally illegal to leak professional contracts as uh, and this will end up in court because they neither Barca or Messi can accept the fact that um, this crime goes without nothing. I don't know who it was. In fact, the club only four or five people have access to the contracts. The lawyers at Quatre Casas, of course, the uh, lawyer company for Messi, also uh, also have it. The LFP, the La Liga, certainly, and uh, uh, who have a copy of the players' contracts. On Messi, Bartomeu added that accusing Leo of being responsible for the economic problems is perverse and with bad intentions. The player deserves everything he earns because he generates it with a profit due to his sporting and commercial input. Without the pandemic, Barca could pay those numbers and all the other players. In fact, when he signed the contract in November 2017, no one could imagine the pandemic in 2020. And he was right, to be fair. Nobody could imagine. And it's wrong to say that Messi is responsible for whole Barcelona financial situation. He is right, really, in in what he is, um, what he is saying. Speaking of that contract, more details appeared really of that contract El Mundo still going on in their campaign publishing the full details of the Argentine superstar uh, mega money contract the new camp which he signed in 2017 and in this June uh, when the 33-year-old will be able to leave for nothing. And now the Spanish paper have given football fans even more incredible details into his contract. The cash strap giant recently published their financial report for the 1920 season, which revealed a gross debt of 1.2 billion euros. The report claims that Boston demanded Messi in exchange for putting pen to paper on the biggest contract in sports history should integrate into Catalan society and culture. Boston have reportedly been looking to do all to improve Messi's grasp of the Catalan language. The contract also states that Messi must adopt a suitable personal conduct and rhythm of life and do not engage in doping. Finally, it was astonishingly revealed that it was an agreement in the contract that would allow Messi to become a free agent. The report claims that if Barcelona gained independence, Barcelona would be kicked. If Catalonia gained independence, Barcelona would be kicked out of the Liga and play in the Catalan League. And it was agreed in the contract that if this was the case with Catalonia having pushed for the independence back in 2017, then the six-time Ballon d'Or winner would automatically be able to leave for free. The most recent revelation comes after the leaked contract, of course, the guaranteed 138 million euros per year, um, uh, earning a revenue a renewal fee of 115 million euros for accepting the contract, and set to take home 79 million euros each year as a loyalty bonus for staying at the at the camp now for each season. The report went on to claim that Messi still has five months left in the current deal and already earned an eye-watering 405. Uh, 452 million pounds, which is 511 million euros so far. We, we touched upon that yesterday and we said that Messi still owes the club around 63 million euros, something around that region. 
As a part of the current deal, he earned £660,000 um, for winning FIFA Best Player Award during the 1819 campaign. I guaranteed a whopping £3.1 billion if Barcelona win the Champions League, something Club hasn't achieved since 2017. Other variables include Messi Banking's £1.75 million if he play, plays 60% of games while he, while he will receive extra payment for each knockout stage of the Champions League Copa del Rey, and was as, and as well winning um, La Liga. So, uh, I mean, these details are just bonkers. The, the part where, he's, where they're talking about the Catalan language and the rhythm of lava is just crazy. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of craziness, anyway. Um, finishing off and with some action, really, as the Coppa um, Italia, of course, the semi-final took place yesterday, and it was Inter hosting Juventus, a loss for Juventus 2-1, we touched upon the game yesterday. In the uh, in the review, um, as I mentioned, of course, Juventus were the better side. They learned from their mistakes and they defeated Inter to manage a um, a to manage a two-one win, reversing uh, the Inter lead that took in the ninth minute. Cristiano Ronaldo with a brace uh, for the uh, for the win. Um, breaking news, um, to be fair, I don't do that usually, but the news just been revealed. Atletico Madrid. Confirmed that Joao Felix has tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously, that is going to mean that he's going to be isolating and he will be missing the next game for Atletico uh, Madrid. Um, in Germany, in the DFB Pokal, um, that is where I, where I was about to finish before I stated the breaking news. Around three of that competition uh, took place yesterday. Four matches were played and it was surprise aplenty. Holstein Kiel managed to win on penalties against Darmstadt to go through. Bremen defeated Grutefurth 2-0. Dortmund held were almost held hostage for Paderborn, winning only 3-2 after extra time. And, of course, the biggest surprise, Rotweiss Essen, fourth tier German division side, defeated Bayer Leverkusen 2-1. Not just that, but reversing a lead as well, making a comeback against Leverkusen 2-1 uh, to go through. They equalised very late on um, in the... Um, they equalised. Um, actually, Leverkusen took the lead very deep in the in the um, in the extra time. One hundred and four minutes. Leon Bailey opened the scoring before they equalised. Uh, Rodvice Essen in the uh, one hundred and seventh minute, and then in the one hundred and sixteenth minute, Engelmann made it two one putting Rodvice Essen through to the quarter-final of that competition. Wolfsburg play Schalke today in that round. Leipzig, Bochum, Stuttgart, Gladbach and Jan Ragensburg facing Cologne. Maybe another surprise will be on the cards, nobody knows. From the news roundup, let's go to the Premier League. It was the round 22 starting yesterday and, you know, it was very, very eventful, really. I think... The big story is Man United winning 9-0, but there was also other stories in um, in the Premier League. It was the red card show, pretty much in the uh, those in the in the uh, game between Wolves and Arsenal, as well as the game between United and Southampton. Quickly with the results, Wolves defeated Arsenal 2-1. Sheffield United with the same result defeating West Brom. The second victory, only the second victory this season for um, or the third victory, sorry. For Sheffield United this season uh, against West Brom, another relegation battler also making a comeback to win the game. 2-1 for Crystal Palace, also making a comeback against uh, Newcastle to win the game. Wolves also made a comeback against Arsenal. It was comeback mania in the Premier League yesterday and Man United 9-0 drubbing Southampton. Now let's start with the, uh, the Wolves-Arsenal game. 
because it has a couple of weird incidents as well to look into. Arsenal were the better side in the first half. Um, they entered the game with Nobum Young still for his, um, his personal issues, of course, and uh, playing with the uh, normal uh, side with the return of Emil, uh, of Emil Smith-Rowe. And because Saka Thomas Partey started alongside Granny Jack in the midfield, David Luiz continued with Rob Holding after the couple of good performances he had. Um, Wolves, of course, still missing. Um, Raul Jimenez started with a 4-2-3-1, changed the formation, really, uh, and put in... Um, William Jose in the starting lineup. Arsenal with a better side in the first half. They scored first by Nicolas Pepe in the 35 minute, but the uh, transition point I think in this game clearly was the red card uh, that uh, David Luiz took, of course, um, late on the first half, very, very late. That red card, I think, which should have been a red, should not have been a red card, should not have stood, according to some professional referees, of course. Uh, he he was the last defender, but the uh, but the uh, tackle or the contact between him and William Jose inside the box was intent was not intentional. So uh, he should have been uh, exempt of the triple punishment rule, which is of course a penalty plus a red card uh, for the um, for the for the player. So, um, it doesn't really, you know, it's a foul plus, you know, a penalty plus a red card, but, you know, that changed the game completely. Um, the first substitution Arteta made was bringing, uh, was bringing, um, was bringing, uh, Gabriel for Lacazette, also Pepe, um, uh, Aubameyang, um, you know, which means that Gabriel... Um, was in the um, was was centre half with holding as well, which means that they were one attacker down and allowing Wolves to pounce on them really um, in the second half, and that's what they did. Ruben Neves scored the uh, second goal uh, after from the penalty spot after João Moutinho um, managed to equalise for um, for for um, uh, João Moutinho scored the second goal. After managing um, the um, you know um, the equaliser and uh, Ruben Neves was from the spot to equalise for Wolves two one victory important one for Wolves this season. Nuno Espirito Santo didn't have a lot of those. They were languishing pretty low in the mid table now. Twenty six points at fourteenth is still pretty low for Wolves, but with this victory, I think they will try and take it to the next level. Arsenal, I think should I mean the red card really? I mean the first red card was. It probably a little bit harsh, but the second red card was outright stupid. Burned Leno in the 71st minute. The ball, I think, was, you know, if he just waited a little bit, the ball would have come in his, into his box eventually and would have collected, but for some reason they decided to go all Manuel Neuer, and in the wrong way possible, um, the wrongest way possible, just, you know, punching the ball and trying to tuck his arm in, thinking that the referee wouldn't see him or something like that, or VAR wouldn't see that. VAR was used, it was a red card, and Runarsson was introduced instead of Partey, and that just opened the game for Wolves to take advantage, really. And Arsenal are pretty lucky, considering that, that he only lost 2-1 in this game. They're going to be losing that prom, the, the prom goalkeeper, they're going to be losing uh, David Luiz. I don't know if that's a loss, really, David Luiz, but to be fair... This was a good game from Arsenal in the first half. Until the red card, really. They were really, really good in holding themselves. They were probably the, the best side in the game uh, also. But after the red card, it was pretty, pretty different 
very, very quickly. Uh, Sheffield United, as I mentioned, a big victory for them against West Brom. Crystal Palace against Newcastle. I mean, it almost was scary for them um, for the um, for the first half or so. Uh, but they managed quickly to make a, a comeback uh, inside 25 minutes. They were they were leading 2-1 thanks to the goals from Gary Cahill and Riedewald. Uh, John Joe Shelby with a beautiful strike, by the way, opening the score since the first minute for Newcastle. Um, and then, of course, we come now to the big symphony number nine, if you might add, for Manchester United. It was a brutal game. And you know it was a brutal game for Southampton because they had Jankovic, the uh, the defender, the f- first, a defender that is, um, that is you know, the, the, the uh, midfielder, sorry, Jankovic, um, who the Switzerland midfield sent off in the first minute and that is his debut with the club. Like, it's not his, um, you know, it's not, like, it was his debut with the club. This is his first match, of course, coming in for um, for, Oriol, for Oriol, uh Romeo. And he was sent off in the first minute of a big game. Obviously, this is nerves, adrenaline, you could, you could you know, talk about it, whatever you want. But I think it is it is very, very bad incident when you have one player being sent off in the first minute. You look at his stats in the game, like... He, he played two minutes, no touches, no passes whatsoever, and he just made one foul, and he was red carded. It, it's it's laughable. It's certain. It's it's you know it's so bad. It's comic. Like it's so tragic for Southampton that it becomes comic automatically. And of course, after that, just you know, United just bounced on them. Uh, it was a one-sided game, as one-sided game could come for United. The most comfortable game United will ever have this season, and it was surprisingly against West Br- against sorry against Southampton. It wasn't against West Brom, and wasn't and definitely wasn't against Sheffield. It wasn't against Fulham. It was against Southampton, a side that is substantially better than the three that I mentioned. So, I think the red card was a big big factor here, and you know after that it was the United show. Wan-Bissaka opened the scoring, Rashford made it two, Bednarek for a known goal made it three, and it wasn't over for Bednarek, the bad night wasn't over for Bednarek yet, Cavani made it 4-0, that was good for me in the fantasy, and then of course, um, you know, Ole Gunnar from there managed the game however he wanted, took off Shaw, took off Cavani, gave Van de Beek a full 45 minutes on the be- on the pitch, that is just incredible to, to hear, uh, Martial, Maguire, Van de- Maguire, Van de Beek, booked, Rashford uh, was out, Daniel James was in, Martial scored, McTominay scored, Bruno Fernandes scored, Martial back to scoring again, and Daniel James made it 9. And between that, of course, Bednarek being sent off for a very soft penalty that even Martial himself said it, it, said it shouldn't be a penalty, and he dove too early, but still... When Mike Dean is the referee, just just don't discuss that uh, anyway. So it was a one-sided game, a game that I think should motivate United to go for more now. It's a probably it's a proper return for form now for United after the couple of hiccups that they had as of late against Sheffield United and the draw against Arsenal, so they have to be really, really uh, happy for that. They're now joined on points with Man City, but obviously City now, with the game in hand, they'll be playing Burnley today away from home. They would be hoping United that Burnley could stop the momentum of City. 
um, they they would probably do that. Um, and of course, Liverpool are behind them with the game in hand against Brighton. They could go to one point behind Manchester United on the table, which is really, really, really good news uh, for them. Leicester City also uh, playing uh, playing Everton. Could they could uh, go uh, two points behind him? That all could happen uh, today. Um, again, the rest of the fixtures played today and tomorrow is going to be Fulham, Leicester, Burnley City, Leeds United faces Everton. That's a very interesting one to watch. And Liverpool facing Brighton. That's all uh, on um, on Wednesday as well as Aston Villa versus West Ham, Tottenham versus Chelsea. It's the big game and it's going to be taking place on Thursday in the um, in the Premier League. Also, on another side note, if you are interested in beautiful football, really, you should watch Napoli versus Atalanta. It's the second semi-final of the Coppa Italia. Just watch it um, if you if you love a be- some beautiful football. Yes, do watch that, please. Um, also, some League A fixtures taking place today. The whole fixtures, actually, of the uh, League A round 23, and it's and it's becoming really interesting in the uh, in the League A as France, um, you know, as the French league is really getting tighter and tighter on PSG. As Lille now on top of the table, three points ahead of PSG, and Lille are in a very deep financial trouble from all the reports. They also have some huge debts to pay, so that comes as a surprise. It's going to be shocking if they win the league with that situation financially. Lyon are also above them with one point, and it's going to be a really good season in the league app, surprisingly. Maybe I'll start even following it and reporting on it here. Anyway, that was it from me and for this episode. I was a boy with the HOD of the PSP. Uh, like, share, comment on this uh, video, subscribe to the channel, most importantly, enable notifications to receive all the updates. You can follow me on social media. I'm at SidePSP on Twitter, pitch site, pod on Instagram. Listen to this on podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. And until the next time, I will be seeing you soon. You'll be seeing me today or be hearing from me uh, after the game, hopefully between Liverpool and Brighton. I was with the HD of the PSP and I'll hear you'll hear from me soon.